Welcome back to Bootability, a weekly interview series about the amazing ability we all have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. I'm your host, Jihee Jolly. Today we're talking about self-trust, which if you're the type of person who's constantly berating themselves internally, can feel really hard to build. Our guest is Aniba Chanachanchai of Hawaii, who shares his story of moving from Thailand to Texas and then Hawaii, and how taking his Buddhist practice of chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo seriously helped him finally let go of a cycle of toxic relationships and environments. Once he tapped into his bootability, he finally began to trust himself and take the steps to respect his life. Here's Anivat. So my name is Anavat Chanat Chanchai. I'm originally was born in Thailand and then I moved here to Hawaii and I am 26 years old. Okay, cool. So um, before we get into today's topic, can you just tell me the kind of story of how you encountered SJI Nichiren Buddhism and why you decided to start chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo? Okay, yeah. So um, I would say I moved to Thailand to... Texas first, and that's when I actually encountered this practice. Uh, I practiced different Buddhism, which uh, it was believed in monks and all of that. And that's how you obtain enlightenment. However, one day uh, I actually walked up the stairs and I saw my mom was chanting the Myoho Renge Kyo to the Gohansen, which is a squirrel that we chant to. And for me, I totally was kind of weirded out because I didn't know what it was. And it was just the first time I ever heard her chanting like Daimoku, which is just the Myoho Renge Kyo repeatedly. And I kind of didn't really question my mom. And then after a while, I think about two to three days, I was like, okay, mom, what are you doing every morning and every evening? And she was trying her best to explain it. And after a while, it's just that, okay, she was saying that this is how she got me here to United States is um, because the lawyer actually lost my paperwork. I was supposed to be coming here when I was two years old. And so I didn't, I was not able to since he lost my paperwork. And with this practice, she was able to find a new lawyer to actually got me here. And basically, I was like, okay, I didn't really make sense of it until I think I got started when I was really seriously practicing was when I was 13. Mm -hmm. And I was being really bullied in school. Mm -hmm. So that's why I... I was from other countries, so I didn't, my English was not great. Uh, I was making fun of by my name. So I was always like, my name is different from other and they didn't like it. Or uh, they want to change my name to something else so that's easier for them. So it's just like constant, just getting pressure by everyone else. And I think I was not really talking to my parents about uh, myself being bullied. It's because I think I felt ashamed that I was different from others and I was just harder on myself. But I basically just started practicing and really just focused on myself. It's because I was like, I didn't want to let the bully beat me. And I think I want to believe in myself more and that I can do a lot better is because 
I can study, I can uh, really try to focus on my speech, I can focus on my grammar, and I can focus on myself. And that's why I just started practicing. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's a, yeah. So such a young age, but then I imagine it must've been really difficult for you. Um, I, I wonder like, do you remember when you first started chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo, like how chanting actually felt or like, did you start to feel different or do you remember any of that? Yes. So yeah, the first time I ever uh, chanted Nam Myoho Renge Kyo, I kind of felt relief. It's like a little, like a break off of my shoulder in in kind of a certain way. It's like, okay, I can actually have a dialogue within myself when I am like chanting in front of the Gohansun, which is the squirrel we chant to. And I just felt, okay, I can actually connect with myself and really have a dialogue of what needed to be done or what do I need to be improved? What do I want to accomplish? So I just feel relieved that I can actually speak to myself and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And I think that's what I was kind of missing. Mm, I see. Yeah, that's a really beautiful way to put it because I haven't thought of it that way before, but it like that is exactly what chanting is, like a dialogue within yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and then in terms of what you were experiencing at that time, like the bullying or you know, I'm sure so many other things fitting in. I'm sure there's things on your mind. Like, did that stuff start to change or did you see, did you see some kind of shift in your environment or anything like that? Oh, uh, yes. So I did see a shift in my environment. It, of course, it didn't really take effect like immediately. It's like a progressively. Um, I would say that by chanting, I was becoming more of a louder or a more courageous person is because I was like, okay, I want to change myself to change the environment. And that's the human revolution that we're trying to accomplish here. And I would say that I, I, I'm a nerdy person. I'm like super nerdy. I'm geeky. And I like to answer all the questions in school is because I love math. That's one of my favorite things to actually do. And I actually was able to speak out more and I asked a lot more questions so that I can actually understand what they're trying to teach me because I want to learn from my school. Mm. Uh, my parents paid for my education and I didn't really want to fail them. Mm. And so I was like, okay, let's just learn what I have to learn. And I think by doing that, I actually made a lot more friends. And that's why I was like, okay, I'm actually making friends. And I think I was really protected with uh, the friendship I created in like school-wise from uh, elementary school to high school. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of good friends and they always kept me in like the academic pattern. Mm -hmm. They always like, hey, you want to study together? Do you want to... Um, do a lot of things together, like, hey, let's uh, hang out, let's go to the movie, all of this stuff. Uh, I actually became uh, a band. I, I went into a band in my middle school. I, I went to go on a percussion. Cool. And I suck at having rhythm. I cannot do <laughs> percussion whatsoever. And then I was like, okay, the teacher was like, okay, if you can't do percussion, why don't you uh, try a brass instrument? So... I am, imagine I'm like a small 13 year old 
Asian kid, and you see this big euphonium. Like it's not a tuba, but it's a euphonium, and the case is bigger than me. And I'm like literally <laughs> dragging that case everywhere I go for practice. And I didn't really want to give up on myself, is because I was like, okay, I want to actually join a band and actually like create friendship here. Mm-hmm. And so I think by doing that and after chanting for a while, I actually was able to um, make a lot of more friends and really was confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so moving. And, um, it's like the, you know, those like small changes, like it, that's my favorite part of Buddhist practice is that, you know, it's like step by step, you start showing up a little bit differently and you, you take courageous actions and then your environment responds. Like those are the most encouraging experiences for me. Cause it's so real. It's like so pure day by day. <laughs> So thank you for sharing that context. So um, so I want to kind of dig into today's theme, which um, is broad, but it's, you know, around this question of like really trusting yourself fully. Um, and I, I know that you've had a number of experiences in which it was difficult to do that and you had to sort of face some challenges because of that. So um, can I just ask you to share, you know, a little bit of context about what was going on at the time um, and we'll start there and then I'll ask some follow-up questions. Oh yeah, definitely. So, oh yeah, trusting in myself. That's the hardest part is because uh, when I was 13, I definitely knew I was different from every other guys. I actually look, I didn't really look a girl the same way as every other boys would. I actually was more interested in boys and that's when I kind of doubt in myself Mm. It's because why am I different or I kept beginning kind of this mental ladder of, Hey, you're not good enough. Uh, you're different. And I kind of demolished my own self image or self-confidence is because I was different. I am gay and that's what I didn't really trust myself in and -hmm. I didn't really trust myself in any of other ability and I think my parents can see that and I think my mom was really worried because I kind of had that issue of not telling people is because of course in Texas was a little bit difficult to for you to come out is because it's a lot of um, homophobia as well as a lot of prejudice against gay community and that's what I was afraid of and I didn't really want to put myself out there I think I just was kind of afraid and I didn't trust myself enough to even tell my Buddhist friend or my parents or anything and so I after chanting after a lot of like anxiety a lot of um, going over in my head of wow, I'm not good enough, repeating. I made a statement to the Kahonsen and asked myself when I was chanting that, hey, you're different and you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, the first person who I want to come out to was my mom. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the most emotional day is because it was uh, five days after I turned 18. Wow. And I actually had a ball out crying in front of my mom is because uh, she can definitely tell that there was something going on. And uh, I think I was just 
really, really felt most emotional is because she was my mom. I think she was the most worried person about me is because I'm her only child mm -hmm. and she wants the best for me. And the first thing she said was, I love you no matter what. And that broke me even more. Oh man, that was the most emotional day. I was beginning to trust myself and I was able to tell my mom. And that was the most, one of my biggest fear was she's not accepting me. And uh, I think that's why I didn't really trust myself if, if I'm different and no one really wants to accept that. And that's why in this practice that we believe in individuality and we really encourage others to really believe in themselves. And so I became to come out more to my friend and most of them were really accepting and some of them was not really accepting. And I guess that's, that's okay. I actually made a lot of friends in high school mm -hmm. and they all really, really uh, loved me whenever I came out to them. So that was the most best part is because I have a community that actually was really supportive. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, when I actually decided to move to Hawaii and to really pursue my dream here in uh, HBU. So I graduated in marine biology. Mm -hmm. Of course, trusting in myself was not a thing in that aspect either. It's because I was like, oh my gosh, am I good enough to even go to Hawaii? Am I good enough to study? Am I good enough to do anything? And I just began to chant more and more and more. And of course, with my mom, Daimoku, and my mom's support, we were able to uh, get a good scholarship package as well as financial packet from financial aid to actually go to Hawaii. And that's when I was like, okay, let's just study here and really just believe in myself that I can actually get through two years of college. Uh, also, sorry, beforehand in Texas, I actually was attending the two years of college there, of community college. I think I didn't really trust in myself that, hey, if you go to community college, people's going to make fun of you kind of way. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was like, oh my gosh, I just keep demolishing myself. And I'm just like, oh, it's not going to be good enough. I'm not good enough. I couldn't even get into big university. I was ashamed of, hey, community college, just kind of horrible. And then with uh, Daisuke Ikeda, uh published discussion on youth, I was reading Why Go to College. That chapter literally uh... hit me the hardest. And I was like, okay, college. And he was talking about community college and how you're pursuing all of this education and i was like okay i can't demolish myself over a community college i need to focus it would actually save a lot of money for me and my mom mm -hmm. it's because she uh recently uh, she was single parent whenever that happened mm -hmm. and so i was like okay let's just do my best and let's just do the best that i can and with that being said i actually did not pay for my two years of community college in texas mm -hmm. i was fortunate enough uh, to actually have the benefit of uh, having my college paid for for that two years. Hmm. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I actually I was like, okay, my confidence is a little bit back is because I was like, okay, I can actually do this. I can actually get a scholarship that was paid for. I was able to study enough. I was able to really believe in myself. Here comes the big part. Am I going to Hawaii or am I not going to Hawaii? And so 
I put my application in, the difference between the two year spans of me not being in community college and me being community college, by being in the community college, I was able to actually receive more scholarship fund as well as higher uh, package to oh, wow. actually attend uh, a university here in Hawaii. And I was like, I think my mom was prouder than I was proud of myself. <laughs> I was like, oh man, in my head, I was like, how do I pay for this? What is going on? How, how do I do this? And my mom was like, honey, you did it. You actually got in. And then we made, we made a big move and we, uh, I decided to attend and I wow. graduated, uh, from Hawaii and that's the best part about really truly believing in myself. Yeah. And yeah. 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 I, uh, it's like hearing you kind of share the timeline, you know, like from age 13, when you start chanting to graduating from the college you wanted to attend, like, it's like almost like a, like a muscle is getting stronger, you know, like yes. it's, it's like, we don't think of believing in yourself or trusting yourself or having confidence as like a, a muscle in that way. But in Buddhism, mm -hmm. sometimes we even use that metaphor. Right? It's like a spiritual exercise in a sense, like yes. chanting and studying and engaging in the community. And it, it sounds like even though like your brain hadn't caught up to that yet, like your life was just growing step by step, which is so awesome. Yes, that's the best part. Yeah. So, um, so then after, uh, well, actually, let me ask one more follow up here and then I'll okay. ask about what happened next. Um, but because I, I know that there's more to the story after that, but, uh, I, uh, just want to, you know, like in terms of turning to kind of like, uh, discussions on youth or like gaining mm -hmm. this understanding, like you mentioned earlier that you, when you decided to come out or when you decided to really challenge this like, difficulty with friendship and getting bullied, you understood like that if you change, your environment will change, which I think for people who are listening, who are completely new to Buddhism, that might be like a new concept. Do you know what I mean? So like, how did you, how did you come to learn that? And like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, you know, how did you start to understand the Buddhist philosophy in addition to chanting that you could even start chanting that way? Does that make sense? Yes. So uh, in this practice, we uh, basically study. So we have a magazine and a newspaper. Of course, there's additional uh, books that is published by Daisuke Ikeda. And I use the discussion on youth a lot in my practice is because um, Daisuke Ikeda actually really speak to the youth and how we really want to grow uh, as ourselves as well as in our faith. And that's why he was really mentioning about chanting as well as uh, changing the environment whenever you change yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think when I was chanting, I was having dialogue within myself. I want to change my own self to see, hey, my self-confidence is about this low, but after I chant, it's going to get higher and higher and higher. It's like a spiritual muscles that you have. And that's why I think I'm just gaining a lot of more confidence and a lot of like um, self-confidence within myself, that individuality. And that's one of the biggest chapters that I'm struggling with is individuality. Mm -hmm. And 
because I'm gay and I'm still trying to find myself and I'm still trying to find myself and I'm 26. So that's the funny part. It's like, Hey, who am I really? And that's why I think this practice really challenging in discovering about yourself. It's because in this philosophy is you change yourself to change the environment and that's what you attract. Mm -hmm. And that's why I want to attract something that is what I want to believe in. And that's what I want to pursue. So Discussion on youth individuality is the biggest influence in my life. Wow. Yeah. It's I I I haven't read that chapter in a long time, but I'm gonna reread it. So thank you for that. <laughs> Cause I remember it's it's so good. And maybe at the yes. end of the podcast I'll I'll share something from it. Um but okay, so so let's return to Hawaii. So it sounds like mm-hmm. based on what you've shared so far, you know, you sort of like built this foundation. Um, and trust in your practice as this tool that you could use, you know, from basically middle school through college to eventually, you know, end up in Hawaii studying marine biology. You're out, you have the support of your family. But then I understand that even after that, like you've had some challenging experiences with like relationship and your work. And so what what kind of happened after that? Or what, what is it that you've sort of had to apply your Buddhist practice to? Yes. So, um, relationship wise, I think I feel like I am one of the unlucky type in a relationship It's because, uh, I think my relationship is always in, in a kind of bad way for myself. Uh, I was cheated on. So that's the one part that I was still kind of recovering from (laughs) so that's uh kind of hard um honestly i think i didn't believe in myself that i was good enough to actually be a good boyfriend and i was getting encouraged by my buddhist friend as well as my parents and they're like you didn't really believe in yourself did you and i'm like no not really so one of the story of of my uh relationship uh failed relationship that i had i actually was uh, protecting my ex-boyfriend. So I actually got assaulted in uh, here in Hawaii and I was put in emergency room because I actually broke like uh, my nose as well as my neck was getting damaged and my knee is because uh, they were actually punt. I got punched. Oh my gosh. Multiple times, but uh, I was believing that I was not worthy of my own life is because I would rather protect my ex-boyfriend than Hmm. myself but then of course i was fortunate enough to actually stand up and make sure that everyone was safe including my ex-boyfriend at that time and i think i was learning from that that of course uh a little backstory of i really was kind of like when self-harm was a thing in my life, I was actually like beating myself up mentally and physically mm. is because I, of course, I didn't believe that being good enough to anyone. I always think that if I do something wrong, it's, I kind of absorb it myself that I'm always putting myself down and always blaming myself. And that's not the core, pra- uh, the core practice of this Buddhism at all. And mm. you shouldn't blame yourself that hard or really you're trying to strive and improve and learn to yourself. And that's what I was lacking. And I realized that I really didn't believe in my own life. 
I mm. believe that my life was not. I, I I actually will be honest. I think my life was a throwaway. It's because I didn't really care about myself, and that's really not okay. And that's what I was attracting within my life is that hey, let's just push myself down from all the relationship. And so I was like, okay, let's change it. Let's really challenge myself and really just change my life. And that's when I be. Uh, that's when I was chanting more and more specifically on my type of partner that you really want and really want to. Uh, my partner specifically for me, I think I want uh, them to really challenge me to really advance within my own life, mm-hmm. and really to help me advance in this practice, and also kind of more caring as well as more attentive and loving. Mm-hmm. It's because. All my relationship, I think I didn't really accept myself, and that's what I was attracting. Attracting of my partners is they didn't really want to accept me of who I was, mm-hmm. and I want to change that. Yeah, so I want someone to actually accept me for me. Mm-hmm. So that's why I changed my chanting. Yeah. And so uh, my work. During the same time that I was having the relationship problem, my work was kind of worse, and so that added to my stress a lot. Is because my work was um, kind of destroying my self confidence, destroying a lot of my ability, and also they didn't really had help for. Me, I was working three responsibility, which I was supposed to only working one, and I'm only getting paid for one responsibility, which was kind of harder. It's because you're supposed to be working 40 hours a week, and I was working way more than 40 hours a week, and mm-hmm. I think I was burning myself out from the relationship, from my work, and my chanting was slack and focus. Mm-hmm. It's because I was just. Man, I think I was just like going down the valley of you're not good enough, you're never good enough, and I wanted to change that. So I tackled two problems at once. I basically was like, you know what? I'm bringing this to the Gohansen, which is Skoro Wichantu. I'm like, I will chant and challenge my life. I will believe in myself and really believe that I can actually do better than this. So when I was chanting about my relationship, I also challenge and chant about work. And I was talking to my parents, my Buddhist friend, and they said, "We support you on what you you want to do." I ended the relationship because it was extremely toxic and extremely that he was. I caught him cheating, and I was like, you know what? I don't need that in my life, and I really just want something better. And for work-wise, I want a work that would really respect my skill set and really value um, my opinion, because mm-hmm. I want to have a voice within a workplace. Mm-hmm. And so, I quit. During the same time that I quit my uh, my relationship as well, I was like, okay, I am gonna do both <laughs> at the same time. Wow. So I was like, okay, let's do this. And so I challenged for. A new job. I chanted for a new job. That specific, really specific goal that I had, mm-hmm. and it just ended. And I think that job that I had recently was the best job I had. 
is because my boss was really there for me and really was listening to my voice of concern mm -hmm. and it's fit all my requirement for my um what do you call my goal that i had when i was chanting mm -hmm. and by that i was believing in myself that hey yeah you actually do deserve a lot better and your skill set they value your skill you actually had that skill and so in my confidence wise i was like okay i can actually do whatever that job is requiring me to do and my boss and uh, my co-worker recommended me to this job position that i am uh, getting into is the department of taxation hmm. they said that anavat you work hard and we can see your skill set we actually recommended you to the director himself Wow. And he would like to have an interview with you. And I'm in my third phase of my interview. And I passed the two uh, phase. And I I don't think I was believing in myself either. It was because I was like, oh, man, do I trust myself to do this? Do I believe in myself enough to actually, like, getting past this interview? And my mom just stared at me. She's like, every time you ask me that question, like, you always ask yourself that question. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's really true. <laughs> I always ask myself am I good enough? And she said, you're always good enough. Mm. Do the best for you. And the first thing that I chanted before the two-faced interview was, let me be the best and the true version of myself in the interview. Mm. And I think that's what my focus in chanting recently is, is really to be the best version of myself and really to trust myself in all the daily tasks that I have. And of course, there's always a cloudy day and I always have that. But recently, I was beginning to trust myself more and more. Mm. And I think that's, it's working out. Yeah. But yeah. Wow, thank you for sharing all of that. First of all, like, I love how honestly you shared all of that because it's so real. You know, I think sometimes <laughs> people are even um, afraid to admit their own lack of confidence or their own, you know, but it's like so human. I think so many people feel what you're describing. Like, am I good enough? Can I do this? Do I deserve this? Add whatever you want to the list. Like it's, you know, many, many people. And, um, and the fact that like you were able to just decide one day, like, I'm going to address this, like, okay, like this is it. You know, I, I wonder, um, how do I ask this question? I'm just, again, I'm always thinking from the perspective of someone who's listening, right? And mm -hmm. um, like when you experience really, truly unfair or challenging things or injustices, right? Like whether it's how people react to you or you're cheated on or um, with a job, you know, you're uh, like overworked or underpaid, all of those things. It's like easy to be like, well, it's not me. It's, it's the environment. It's like, mm -hmm. well, it's their fault. Like that, that company or that person or my ex or my whatever. And it just kind of sounds like you didn't blame anybody but yourself for any of this. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious, like how, how did you like, was that something that you struggled with or this, you know, cause I think that's like a very natural, you know, someone could listen and be like, no, 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 like they, that's the injustice outside of you. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm wondering if you could speak to that a little bit. So yes, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I actually 
uh, blame myself a lot more <laughs> than uh, uh, or everything else, mm-hmm. or like in my my environment, is because in this Buddhist practice, I think I really believe that uh, you attract your own environment, and mm-hmm. that's why I was like, did I really care about my own life? Did I really care enough to actually change my life? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's this core practice for me is that. I want to attract a good environment for myself. So I keep blaming myself is because I want to take my own responsibility to really challenge and change. And that's start with Daimoku, which is chanting Namio Horen Kekyo. And that's what it's really is about. And so I just challenge myself and really just chant my heart out. And really when you're chanting, for me personally, I just have a dialogue within myself. And I know that a lot of people would blame how my ex is or how my job is unfair. I really look in myself of, I think I was the person that actually took on this challenge. And I really just want to change it so that my future and of course my um, kids, I think I want to have kids one day. Uh, They don't actually uh, have this, my negative uh, aspect of my own life. And I really want to change and just that, Hey, you are the best version of yourself. And yes, you don't blame yourself, but you also have the responsibility to change your own life. Mm. That's why I think I really believe in this practice is because Honestly, I actually had a lot of fortune and benefit, but it always started within myself. It's because I change and that's what I attract within my, my environment is that, yes, you can definitely do it. Yes, mm-hmm. you just need to start believing yourself. You are different, mm-hmm. but that's the best version of you. You are different and that's okay. Mm. Yeah, that courage to really just be yourself like in every way is uh, like many times, you know, people will, will discuss, you know, what does Buddhability actually mean and or Buddhahood and that we always, of course, Buddhism teaches it's your own courage, your own wisdom and your own compassion that comes out when you chant. But um, more specifically than that, like the courage to really be yourself and to really respect yourself. I, yeah, I love the way that you shared it because the other side of it is like when you do adopt that, attitude of like, I'm going to take responsibility. It's up to me. Um, you develop like a kind of trust in yourself that actually makes it easier to respect other people. That's like the part I feel like is the hardest thing to understand. It's not like, Oh, I'm the victim and, or that person's, you know, it's not like that kind of mentality. It's like, no, no, no. I'm building so much trust in myself so that I can learn to actually believe that it exists in other people too, this potential, but I have to like believe it exists in me first. And then you just Mm -hmm. always respect people. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, Wow. I, I wonder if there is, um, well, actually I'll ask one more follow-up about this is, um, you know, the, the time that you're experiencing these like hardships of the relationship or like just being in the thick of it, you know, or I'm sure waking up and going to this job where like you learn that, you know, you're, you're not being paid for all the work that you're doing and all of these things. Like, how did you like challenge the 
the struggle of it, like the pain of it? Was it difficult? And how did chanting help oh. you like, you know, the day to day basis? Because mm -hmm. I think the underlying like philosophical, like the perspective change is really clear. But I'm mm -hmm. sure it was still hard just like getting yes. out of bed when you're in the middle of all of those things. So, oh, yeah. Man. How did how did you like tackle that? Or was there any turning oh, point in terms of that? Oh man, yes. So, <laughs> I would not lie to you. Yes, it was extremely difficult. Like, you know how uh, this analogy of like a winter always turned to spring? I think I was in the longest winter. <laughs> so it's like, man, I suffer in this job and in this relationship for so long. It's like, it's hard. It's really difficult for you to really believe in yourself or really want to chant it's it's like oh it's like when i wake up that day it's like mm, do i really want to go to work it's like do i really want to put up with him again do i really want to like do i have enough energy but i think i was respecting themselves more than respecting myself mm. and i was like oh, okay i gotta do this I think my mentality was really just blaming myself, just keep pushing it, piling it. And I think my turning point is I had it, I had enough. <laughs> I think I was like, man, I had it, I had enough. Like this is abusive to myself. Mm -hmm. It's like waking up every day, just questioning about life and really questioning about having anxiety about, are you good enough for everything? I think that's when I was like, I quit. <laughs> I know that you never give up, but I give up on that aspect to actually challenge myself to never giving up on being myself. Mm -hmm. I think I gave up on being like the bad version of myself because I was like, you know what? I want to improve my life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, let me just change the way I shan't. And by changing the way I shan't, I was able to tackle day by day basis easier. And I think when I was chanting, I was like, hey, let's have a great day. I woke up today and that's, I'm fortunate enough to actually wake up. I'm fortunate enough to still have a job. I'm fortunate enough to actually have a relationship. Let's do our best. And that's what Daisuke Keita really said is do your best. And I said, hi, let's just tackle this. And I was like, okay, let's do my best in everything I can with of course, encouragement from my parents, as well as my uh, Buddhist friend. Of course, I didn't really tell my parents what's going on in the relationship. And I was like, oh, do they really want to talk about, uh, I have a new stepdad and then I have a mom. And I'm like, do they really care? I think I was actually having a nervous breakdown when I came out to my dad. It's because I was like, oh my gosh, is he going to accept me or anything? Of course, he's in this uh, practice and I'm like, why did I question myself about him accepting me? Mm. I'm his son. I'm mm. his stepson. He, and then the first thing he said, is that really what you want to talk about? I was like, you already know I love you. I support you. And I, and I stared over like, oh. it's just <laughs> like that thin ice. You're walking on thin ice. And that's what I was living on. It's just that walk on thin ice every single day. And that's how it felt every day that I had that job, that relationship. And I feel like if I do something wrong, it's going to break. And I don't want to live like that. And that's not on the way that anyone should live.
And so I think my confidence level got back up is whenever I shanted because I told myself, stop being abusive to yourself and mm-hmm. stop taking abuse from other. You are good enough. And that's when I just switched my chanting and switched my own life and saying that, hey, let's do this. Yeah. So that, I hope that yeah. answered the question. 100%. Yeah. And that like thin ice metaphor makes so much sense. It actually, you know, like I, I can visualize that like anything you, you do wrong, the ice could break. But then the mm-hmm. alternative, like chanting the way that you just described, it's like you're walking on a steady foundation like that. Yes. Buddhism is really about building a foundation for your life, uh, especially like when we're young, which I think yes. we're, we're all still in the middle of doing. <laughs> yes. um, but I can I just ask like what? Like how, just, uh, how do I say, how are you chanting before? If like, this is like, if you had to change the way that you chanted or was it just not as consistent? Like just for someone who's like, you're telling me to chant, but it sounds like there's more than one way to chant, you know? Yes. So there is way more than one more, the way to chant is, uh, I can definitely tell you, uh, I will not lie to you. I was not consistent. Like I only chant when I want to chant and that's shouldn't really be the way that you chant. (laughs) It's because, uh, you have the morning and you have the evening. When I was chanting, I was not appreciative. I was not focusing on myself. You want to improve yourself and you want to attract your own environment. You really want to be specific on the way you chant and you really want to be specific on improving your own life. And that's really to do your human revolution is to be the best version of yourself. Before, I always look at my phone, not focusing on my goals, not focusing on what I want. Just like so distracted. And that's not really what you chant about. It's that you really want to be focused on what you want and what you can really improve on yourself. And that's why I I say that I change and challenge myself to really chant. And I think I'm more consistent now than I have before and really focus. I actually turn off my phone and put it on the, my, like my own room because uh, Michael Hunts is in the living room. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn off my phone and I'm going to put it in my, my, my room and just don't look at it. And I actually turned the clock away from myself. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to believe in myself that I can actually do this. So wow. I just been chanting a lot more and actually more focus. So that's why I was like, hey, yeah. I'm actually much happier. Totally makes yeah. sense. I completely feel you that I have had those those phases of, you know, um chanting when I'm looking at my phone or I'm getting distracted. <laughs> or you're looking at the clock the whole time. Like it's just well, someone texts you like, oh, I gotta answer. <laughs> yeah, and then you're not even present. So that's yes. excellent advice. Obviously, if you're just starting out, it's hard to build that up. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, consistency really matters and like focusing at least screen free to the best of your ability yeah. really matters. <laughs> um Thank you for sharing that. So I, I want to move to like our the I always close with the last uh, same few questions. Um, uh-huh. So I want to move to the, the closing questions. Uh, so so based on everything that you shared, which is so encouraging, um, I know that you already mentioned the discussions on youth chapter that you were really studying. But whether mm. it's that or something else, like, do you have a favorite Buddhist concept or Buddhist quote that oh. you really held on to? My my favorite part of this uh a quote that I kind of live by and always see this is the concept of the principle of sherry, plum, peaches, and dancing. It's because it teaches the principle of individuality. 
And that's really just truly believing in yourself because you're an own individual. And basically, uh, do you mind if I read the quote from Yeah, Daisuke yeah, go Jira? for it. Go for it. So um, this is the quote that really kind of stuck me. It's the important things is to be patient, to have the confidence and determination that you will achieve something meaningful in the future. Don't be impatient in your youth. Your true substance as human being will be determined 10, 20, or 30 years from now. What matter is the kind of people you become then and whether you are fulfilling your mission then. Each of you has a mission that only you can fulfill. If you did not have a mission, you would not have been born. And that kind of stuck to me. Like when I was reading this with my family, I was like, oh, yeah, wow. I was throwing away my life. I was literally just like, wow. Honestly, my my parents was proud of who I am now. It's because they actually say that I changed a lot. It's because of how much I was beating myself up physically and mentally. Mm. Right now, they say that you actually have a lot more dialogue with us than you had ever before. And you're wow. actually really trusting yourself to actually open up. And I think that's what's my one of the biggest thing is I don't want to open up is because I didn't trust myself to open up to other. I feel like I was a bother to other people. Mm. And that's not okay because everyone cares. Honestly, everyone cares. And I am trusting myself in that aspect now. It's because my Buddhist friend always reaching out to me and I was, I'm so thankful for them as well as my parents. It's making sure that I will be okay because mm -hmm. I am different, but that's what makes you strong is being a different. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And it, it also, um, strikes me like what you just said about trusting yourself to open up to other people. Like it's almost like trusting yourself and trusting other people goes hand in hand. Yes. And if you, if you really do trust yourself, your judgment, your life, your value, then like it becomes much easier to discern, you know, like, oh, this person really cares for me and I can accept and receive that versus like yeah. this person really doesn't respect me and I don't need this in my life. Like <laughs> it's like the filter. I've had that experience too. And I feel like the filter becomes so clear because like your own mm -hmm. compass is really solid and it works correctly. <laughs> <laughs> So I love that. Um, so I, I feel like you've covered so much. So I, I might just ask um, the last question, which is, uh, you know, about advice. So for anybody who's listening, who might be new to Buddhism and maybe also struggles with like beating themselves up or feeling like they're not being treated well or just not even trusting their life or their their capability, like what one piece of advice based on your own experience and practice, would you give someone who's kind of in that now? Uh, my advice is that what my mom always said uh, to really, and this can apply to every, everyone, is to be true to yourself. And that's basically trusting yourself with your own life. You are really special and that's what makes you strong. And that's why everyone should really just trust in themselves. And I'm still learning that. It's a, it's a process. Uh, of course, you have your own youth and your own um, responsibility. Uh, everyone's still young. Always, everyone's still young to really just learn about themselves. And yeah, to really 
to be true to yourself and really trust yourself. And that's my advice. After we spoke, I revisited the chapter on individuality that Anivat was referring to in discussions on youth, and I want to close today with one passage from Daisaku Ikeda where he writes, All people want to realize their unique potential. When that natural desire is obstructed, people either become totally apathetic or destructive. It also sows the seeds for bullying and fascism. That is why it is so important for you young people not to be defeated by your environment. You mustn't lose faith in yourself. Each of you has a mission in this lifetime that only you can fulfill. Each of you has a life that only you can live and from which you can create something of value. Whatever else you may doubt, I hope you will never doubt this. Even should someone look upon you as a lost cause, you must never look upon yourself that way. Should others berate you as having no talent or ability, you mustn't succumb to the negative message of their words. Unperturbed by anyone's negativity, grit your teeth, keep believing in yourself, chant Nam-myoho-renge-kyo, and face your challenges with all your might. With that, as always, if you have questions or you'd like to get connected to your local Buddhist community, you can email us at connect at sgi-usa.org. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week.